movement challenge, what's going on, Think Space family. I want to introduce you to someone. Her name is Steph Corker. Steph Corker is a 25-time Ironman finisher. She's a pro Ironman athlete, um, world championship qualifier, all that. She's also the founder of the Corker Co., the Cor uh, Corker Collective, which is a human capital consulting firm, a little bit different from what you might you know, be aware of. So human capital consulting, you know, in business terms, that's HR and recruiting, but what it means to you is actually how do we get the most out of our humans? How do we maximize human potential? How do we invest in our humans to make them as great as they possibly could be? During this time, this is very, very important. How do we invest in ourselves? How should we pivot? What skills do we need to do? What's the new normal? How do we think about uncertainty? All of these different things. So Steph is someone that knows about endurance, someone that knows about resilience. She's an incredible athlete, an incredible human, someone that's very, very respected um, here in Vancouver and around the globe. So it's my pleasure to introduce you to Steph Corker, Movement Challenge, guys. You will love this. This is very much applicable to you as you are now on day, we'll call it six or seven of the Movement Challenge. Um, and Think Space, this is extremely applicable to you as well because, again, we're passionately curious, always wanting to know more. Uh, make sure you go check out Steph's uh, Corker Co. Uh, or Sorry, Uncorked, the podcast. You guys will love it. Uh, it's featured. I've been on there. A bunch of other amazing people uh, in Vancouver have been on there. Uh, she's a delight to listen to. Incredibly fun, uplifting, positive, and I think there's a ton of value here, guys. So without further ado, I'm going to send it over to Steph. And uh, guys, enjoy this podcast. Good luck with your movement challenge. Stay focused, stay resilient, stay creative, and do what you got to do to get through the, in these times. So lots of love from us at Self Hired. Off to you. The Think Space podcast is a home for the passionately curious. We aim to dig deep and learn as much as possible by connecting the right questions with the right people. So we bring in some of the best minds in the Pacific Northwest, regardless of their industry, to extract the most value from their stories and experiences. Yes, you're going to get something from this episode, which is good. Or you could get something from every episode we release by subscribing on whichever platform you're listening on. You can find the full show notes at thinkspacepodcast.com or have the visual experience of this podcast over on YouTube. If you want to get looped into some exclusive content or private giveaways, join our mailing list. The link's in the description. Steph, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate your time. I know you're in quarantine. You seem very calm, cool, collected. Let's check in. How are you? <laughs> How are you? Oh, gosh, that feels like a very loaded question these days. Oh, I am... <laughs> well, my most loaded and honest answer is I am very well. Thank you for asking. <laughs> very loaded, very loaded. Well, that's good to hear. Um, it was paramount for us to get you on uh, with this podcast and of the times and, and to get it out to everyone that's doing the movement challenge right now because everyone is sitting at home and they have extra time or whatever it is and everyone's thinking, oh my gosh, the world is hectic. Um, and thinking, well, how do I capitalize on this time? How do I stay hopeful and positive? Things are like the CNN is just in my face all the time or whoever it is. And I thought this is really a time or the way I'm thinking about it is this is a time that we need to, you know, double down, invest in ourselves and, and be okay with taking time for ourselves. And because time's our greatest asset. Um, and now we're more rich in it than we were before, which is amazing. And, as you know, having you on as someone that runs a human capital consulting firm, um, you know, I thought this was paramount. If we're trying to invest in ourselves and time's our greatest asset, Steph is the person to be talking to here to see how she is uh, approaching this time right now. So 
That being said, for those that don't know, can you maybe give shed some light on what a human cat, what is the Corker Co? What, what do you guys mm. do? Yeah, so uh, the Corker Collective is um, a brother and sister founded human capital consulting business. My brother is super rad. Uh, we started the business together in the name of developing great humans and placing great humans with great leaders. And so in HR jargon, that's recruitment and talent development or talent acquisition and talent acceleration. And the goal was um, really to partner with organizations that had received funding. Uh, so they had financial capital and we were here to add the human capital to these startups or organizations. And what I've learned beautifully is that you can give anyone a million dollars, but without the right people, the million dollars might not grow. Um, and yeah, I mean, I guess we did that six years ago. It feels like it's been a decade, a lifetime. And of course it's radically different now. The last month changed the game enormously. People are not recruiting right now. People are laying people off. Um, and both of those statements are huge generalizations because there are some folks still hiring and there are even more folks getting laid off. And um, the other side of our business is, is talent acceleration, which is the development piece. And there's an enormous need for that, especially while people are stuck at home in quarantine and not going into the office. Um, it's a pretty special time to say, how do we invest in our people so that when we come out the other side, we have people that perhaps are better versions of themselves, different leaders. Um, they picked up some new tools and we hope that will allow them to enter back into whatever the new normal is, um, perhaps as a more evolved leader. This episode is brought to you by Self-Hired. Self-Hired, if you don't know, is a content studio that specializes in video production as well as photography and yes, podcast production. So if you are an individual or you are head of a company or a marketing manager or a content manager at a company that's thinking about one of the most powerful mediums in 2020 and want to start a podcast, uh, give the fellas over at Self Hired um, a call that you can reach them at selfhired.com um, or info at selfhired.com if you want to blast them an email. Thank you guys so much. And here's to the episode. So from a business perspective, from an HR perspective, what are the narratives that you are using to talk to your clients? What are the messages that you're saying? Say, hey, listen, this is how we need to approach this time from an HR perspective or a talent development perspective. What are some of those messages? Well, I think the messages, it's a brilliant question, um, and the messages are very specific, and it really depends on either who's at the helm or how many dollars are in your bank account, because you might truly believe in your people, but that doesn't mean you can afford to keep them all. Um, right. And we are in the impact right now where we're seeing the Canadian government step up and offer different opportunities that might say now is a better time for you to be temporarily laid off. Um, so I think now more than ever, which is a challenge for Team Corker, we are, caught, we are forced to be very much in the moment. And the idea of long-term planning is just completely unknown. And so the idea of invest now for tomorrow, invest now for this future, it's like, well, I don't know what that future looks like right now, other than my doors are shut and my shops are boarded up and 80% of my people don't have jobs. 
Um, It's really hard to be telling people to invest in that future. So the conversations that we're really keen on championing right now are the conversations that say um, all of these things are true and what else can be done. So we completely acknowledge the current state of the world and of organizations and what else can be done. How else can we be supporting people? Um, There is a very big conversation around parents. Parents did not think their children would not be in school and be asked to work from home. And that's Mm -hmm. a challenge that deserves to be acknowledged, I think. Um, Absolutely. And... And I mean, I've said this on a few different podcasts. I just think it's a beautiful time to keep dreaming. And I say keep dreaming because the alternative is terrible. And I mean that. Um, It's not hard to find doom and gloom, to your point. Sure, CNN is full of news. Uh, I think we've always had the opportunity to be distracted. It's just now more than ever you're aware of what you're distracted by. Um, I don't think you need to come out of COVID better. I think you need to come out of COVID more kind. And, uh, and that's up for interpretation. Define it as you wish. Um, perhaps more than ever, kind to yourself. Um, and I think it's a time to learn a lot about yourself. It's a time to be bored. What happens when you're bored? Right. Mm-hmm. So those are things that come up for me. Um, and I really, I mean, I'm grateful because it feels like now more than ever, we just get to be human. We get to be on Zoom calls and see people's living rooms and children running into the <laughs> call and puppies. It's like, they've always been human. Their kids have always been there. There's always been a puppy, but we've had this dumb thinking and facade around this perfect office. And it's like, guess what? Everyone's living room has just turned into their office and the school, like the school classroom and the yeah. living room where they might eat dinner. That's just we're human. So it's living. Yes. It's just called living. Yeah. It it very much feels like we're at the start of something that has an indefinite timeline and no real future, but will move forward. And we don't know what's going to happen along that whole thing. And it's super analogous to what you've done. I guess what, what is it? 19 times as an, as an Ironman finisher now. And it's 25, but I feel like 25? after 10, we don't Where did I see count. 19? Oh, my I gosh. Know. I stopped updating things. That was so 2017, you know? Oh, my <laughs> goodness. 25-time Ironman finisher, which is just insane. Hard to even calibrate. But it seems like now, you know, when you're starting something, and, you know, I went for a run this morning, so I'll pretend to relate to you, but mine was like 10K. Uh, but, uh, you know, when I start that 10K or when I have my first 500 meters, I have no idea. I often don't set a goal. I often just go. And that's what it seems like right now where, you know, from the start line to the finish line, there's so much uncertainty here. And I, I wanted to see if I could draw any parallels between how it, how it feels when you're starting an Ironman or when you're starting something here. And now in this COVID situation where we're starting going into the unknown, well, yes, there's going to be a finish line somewhere well, we'll return to something normal, maybe, but it's hard for me to conceptualize and actually um, pick a state of mind to be in during this time. And that's something I was thinking about on my run, and maybe you can draw some parallels there. All right. Can I riff? And you can cut me riff. off whenever riff. the right time is. <laughs> I have so much to say. So I'm going to go back to your first statement around 
a 10K and comparing that to Ironman. So yes, I have done Ironman races and I love the sport of triathlon a lot. I have not done an Ironman for a year and a half, which has been the longest period of time in a decade that I haven't raced. And to be very honest with you, it feels like a lifetime. And it feels like it's not the statement of you're only as good as your last finish line or whatever, you know, beautiful, dumb quote that is. <laughs> beautiful, um, dumb, beautiful, dumb. <laughs> yeah, dumb, beautiful. Um, I, I just share that because... I think that we can hang on to things and, you know, either feel like your identity is wrapped up or back then I weighed 10 pounds less and I, who cares? Like you are where you are right now and just meet yourself where you are right now. And so you're like, I only ran 10 kilometers. 10 kilometers is amazing. And I know that you're not trying to be self-deprecating in any way to me. And, and I think that COVID is calling us to use intentional language because we're stuck behind screens comparing ourselves to everyone else. And your 10K to my Ironman a year ago to someone else who's out running, you know, um, I had a neighbor running a half marathon in like these three kilometer loops, just looping all morning. I think that's incredible. And I think that the worst thing that to come out of COVID would be if we sit and compare how we're moving our bodies against how we used to move our bodies, because it's probably different, or against how other people that we may know or may not even know are moving their bodies. And I feel really passionately that we honor these bodies that we're in right now for what they are right now. And they might be bigger or smaller or more flexible or not as flexible. They might have run 10 kilometers or 100 kilometers this morning. It's a beautiful thing because there are so many things that we cannot control right now. And what we can control is how we're talking to ourselves about ourselves. And the comparison game through screens, I just think has to stop. And the comparison game to who we were a year ago also has to stop. Because funny enough, the day in which we're recording this um, was one year ago, I was flying home from running the Boston Marathon with my brother-in-law. Wow. And we joked this morning over text, like, we didn't have a, an excellent run by any means. We finished with about, within about a minute or two of each other. And we just said, it'll be a race we'll always remember. And now here we are. It's not even an option this year. It's, it's right. not even an option. So um, we get to look back on a memory and say how special it was. Uh, I certainly didn't run 42 kilometers this morning. <laughs> um, <laughs> And I think that moving our bodies, honoring our bodies, and being incredibly mindful of what we're saying about ourselves, um, it, it has never mattered more. And if that is the only thing that we, that I can, you know, contribute to this time of COVID, um, I hope it's that, really mm. and truly. Now, the world of Ironman, um, the world of, you know, running marathons or any of these things, uh, my brother actually said this at week one of COVID and he said, you know, everything has always been uncertain and now we're just aware of how uncertain things are. Now we are right. aware that we don't have any control. And it's interesting because in the world of Ironman, for example, you know, something could happen and the swim gets canceled the day before the race. And that could be an environmental issue, um, a weather system, you name it. People never know. You know, one year I raced Ironman Canada, which was in Whistler, and it snowed. 
and half the field didn't finish and were getting pulled off the course in, with hypothermia in July. Wow. That never happens, you know? So things have always been uncertain. We have just wanted to control things so badly, we've refused to believe in the uncertainty. And now we're forced to because things are canceled and, you know, we're waiting for other people. And it's been a really wonderful lesson for me to remember how lightly to hold on to certain things and how closely and tightly to hold on to other things. And most of those things are humans that deserve to be held on to tightly. And there's a lot of other things that deserve to be held on to very loosely. And, um, you know, I don't, I love a start line. Yes. I think it's a wonderful thing. It's a cool journey. It's been my most fun exploration of self-development to continue to show up, never being that fast, never being that great, but just continuing to show up. And I mean, I hope I'm really excited about this movement challenge in the name of just showing up and showing up every day. And I think, you know, another piece of COVID that's really cool in terms of movement is you're finally doing this in the name of your own health and well-being. You're not doing this because a coach is telling you to, even though you may. You're not doing this because you, you know, you have to look a certain way or to be a certain, you know, be it strength or size or whatever. None of that matters. Um, finally, you're doing this because it's a really great thing to do for your body in this moment in time and your brain yeah. and hopefully your spirit. So um, I hope this translates. I hope we, are, we don't lose this special time where we realize that moving our body today is simply the best thing to do for our bodies today. If you do an Iron Mike Man. Mic drop. <laughs> Mic drop. That's it. We're done. We'll leave it there. No, that's amazing stuff. Um, it, it, it's so imperative. It's so imperative. I want to double back on a couple things you said because I want to, I want to just, just investigate a little bit further. And that one of the first things you said is that, so two questions. The first is that um, you said, yeah, things have always been uncertain. Now we just see the uncertainty of it and we need to sit in that uncertainty. And I can hear you on a podcast saying these words to me. And as a listener, I'm going to go, ah, uncertainty. No, no, thank you, but no thank you. And I'm going to curl up. And, and, and I, I can feel myself doing that right now. So first question would be, well, how do you actually work through that in a way that's useful? Because we do need to sit in this uncertainty. And then once we, we cross that bridge, you also said earlier about, um, and I'll reiterate this if needed, but you said, well, let's change the language that we use here. Let's change the comparables a little bit. Can you give some examples of that? Yeah. Okay. So the world of uncertainty, uh, I feel you, I hear you. Unfortunately, in the name of self-discovery, I know that I am not excellent at being an empathetic person. So what I say that because <laughs> I acknowledge that everyone has their own set of feelings and is going through their own curve of acceptance, denial, every feeling in between that says this time is tough. And I totally get that. I acknowledge it. And because I am not an exceptional empathetic person, I say, acknowledge this. And then what? And then what? <laughs> and so I will just share what I'm doing personally. I have seven things I do every day. 
I do those seven things. Um, I like to do them before double digits. So I tried to do them before 10 a.m. But I'm consistent about doing them before I go to bed every night. And I'm telling you this because it's the control freak in me saying everything in the world may be uncertain, but what are the seven things that I know for certain I will do Mm. that day? And if I'm doing those seven things consistently, how does that add the most value um, to who I am as a human in hopes that then I can turn around and continue to show up for the community and for our business and our clients and all of those things. Um, So I would just encourage people to find out what is so true for you that you're willing to do every day. And the second thing is um, in the name of uncertainty and it always being uncertain, I did this before COVID and now it feels especially relevant. And that is your personal board of directors. And I have five people on your, my personal board of directors, and this has nothing to do with the business. We've always had, you know, advisors for the business. Um, But these are the people. So I have my biggest fan. I have a challenger. I have my financial wizard, a health hero and my spiritual guru. And these people know that they are super special and hold that spot in my life. And I think that being stuck, being down, being in the suck of COVID is real. And I want to know who you count on to pull you out. Because if we're all stuck, we're not moving forward together. And we might be stuck or moving forward at different points in time, but there are people that we can rely on to pull us out. And that might mean every morning we need to be pulled out or pulled up. Um, it, it might be five times a day. Um, but my point is like, know thy circle, know thy humans. You might only connect with them through zoom and that is okay. Um, you might have the joy of being quarantined with them and that's also a beautiful thing, but it's never been more important to honor your own electrons and recognize that we are electric and I'm going to catch your vibe. And if it's down, I mean, I don't need to go far to find those negative, (laughs) not protons. I want your... Honor your electrons. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good one, right? It's a poem. That's so killer. That's (laughs) that's amazing. Part one, um, your first question. How to manage uncertainty. Can I interject real quick? So this is so juicy. So I love it. I have a similar concept that is less developed than yours, but I call it, I call it my Jedi council. Mm. I'm a Star Wars geek. Well, it's the same thing. It's mm. just like you need people that are radically um, different, but honest and just want what's best that all have different points of views and come from different walks of life. So they can say, hey, listen, that's okay. Come here. Just mm-hmm. go one degree to the left. Just one degree to the left. And here's why. And so mm-hmm. then I, like, I absolutely love that. And Amazing. My, my second comment is going to be, what are those seven things that you try to do before double digits? Yeah. Everyone wants to know. Everyone wants um, to know. Tell me more. <laughs> so, um, four bottles of water, Ooh. five minutes of meditation, sweat every darn day, and that can be yep. your own prerogative. Um, I am a gratitude journal junkie, so three things I'm super grateful for, typically people or experiences. Um, uh, make something. I'm really obsessed with making something right now. And uh, that can be making coffee. It can be making love. It can be making a loaf of sourdough. I 
just want to make something every day. And it brings me great joy to remember to be creative and um, not become so obsessed with any version of a rat race. Um, I have been baking sourdough almost every day, and I'm sure the rest of the world is as well. And I give it away as much as I can, and it brings me a lot of joy. So I make something. Um, I also think it's really important to go into nature and I realize Mm -hmm. that's a privilege and not everyone may be able to get outside in that way. So if it's opening a window, um, sticking your head out for some fresh air, uh, I think that, you know, trees are a blessing. And if you can find a leaf, honor thy leaf. And if you can't have a plant in your home and water it and talk to it, um, pet it. Yes. So, uh, and, and the reason is because nature is responding to this in a beautiful way and plants that we get to grow, things that we get to nurture and that are aware of our energy, um, hold those, know those. And I look and when I see plants growing or my garden, I've planted some things in my garden. It brings me great joy. So amazing. Yeah. That's nature. I love it. Yeah, now let's, awesome. let's let's double back because we're hopping all over the place and we're riffing, but it's all good. But I do I do want to know how you're changing the language and the comparables because I'm very much I um I'm a high watermark person. So I go, okay, well what was the best version of Joss? And let's beat that constantly. Mm. And and so this is something that's probably really useful for me. So how are you reframing the language that you're using um during these times because the world has changed? Gosh, I love that question. And I'm going to answer that super honestly. Um, So I unfortunately had some surgery, internal abdominal surgery last year, almost a year ago. And it had me down and out. And I was like, how do I come back? And will I ever be able to dot, dot, dot? Will I ever be as fast? Will I ever be as fit? Will I ever feel as great as that one time that I had that one great race that the clock on the finish line told me that I was good that day. And um, in healing from this, I would walk. And at first I could only walk one mile a day and it would take me an hour and I would walk for one mile. And now recovery happened quite quickly, all things considered. Um, But what didn't come back was my motivation. And I felt like this kind of fat, lazy slob. And I was like, how did I ever do these things before? And I took so many things for granted. I took running for granted. I took running fast or running slow. And I took the motivation of waking up for granted. And I just thought it would always be there until one morning I woke up and I I wasn't stoked. Um, And I, I, you know, did lots of things and got a therapist and, you know, really dove into what was going on in my life. Um, to cause me to feel this way. Um, And I had a chat with a good friend of mine who is Seth Godin. And Seth, for people who know Seth, is um, a marketing wizard and a beautiful author. But what many people don't know about Seth is that that man has probably failed more times than we'll ever know. And he has a set of values and a way in which he lives his life that is absolutely incredible. And one of his rules, one of his values, is that he... He's written over 90 books. He sells, he's a New York Times bestseller and he's never read an Amazon review. 
He's never, ever read an Amazon review. And he said that as soon as I read a review, and his reviews, I mean, are typically five stars and outstanding. Exactly. They're amazing. I literally just, fin- I literally just finished his book, Tribes, and I, I'll give him uh, another Am- five-star Amazon review. Beautiful. Um, he'll never read it. And I, (laughs) (laughs) um, you know, I had a great call with him and he said, I don't read my Amazon reviews because as soon as I let one person with negative feedback penetrate my consciousness, I'll remember that. Right. And, and he's like, and I don't care if however many positive results there are, I don't want to read the one negative. And he said, um, I just hope you'll start running again and not let your watch be an Amazon review. So I was fearful to start running again or to start doing anything because what if all my best days, my fastest days, my fittest days were all behind me. And that could be very true because there will come a point in time that that is actually accurate. Yet the fear of not being as fit or as fast stops me and robbed me of all of the joy that I got from running. And the reality is I love to run, whether it's fast or slow. Um, You know, typically with friends, I love to do so in the morning. Who cares what your watch says? Who cares what the scale says? So I finally said, who cares? And I kept running. And every time I caught myself, which I was not nearly as dedicated as Seth because he doesn't read his Amazon reviews, and I... I looked at my watch and sometimes my watch had a positive review and sometimes it didn't. Um, And when it didn't, I would turn it over and keep running. And Mm -hmm. it's been a really beautiful lesson uh, in just remembering why we do certain things and what we get attached to and what we don't get attached to. And, um, you know, I'll be honest with you. I think that I can be faster and I can be fitter and I can be stronger and I'm excited for that. And the only way I'll find out is if I keep going. So if I'm going to hang on to the idea that it's all beyond, you know, behind me now, then I'll never see what's possible. Um, but if I let my watch dictate everything, then I'm missing out on a beautiful sunny day. Yeah. You know what? A hundred percent of our human experience happens inside of us, right? And we dictate that. And there's all these external environmental things that we can't dictate. And that's the nature of the game, right? And we can, we can, we can change our perception if we want to change our perception. That's one hundred percent up to us, right? And I think, I mean, right now, geez, it's so it is it is probably easier than it's ever been to be negative. Um, and yeah. so for someone like you. I know you're a positive person and it, 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 it oozes out from you. How are you continuing to reinforce positivity and just uplift the uplifting nature of yourself when, again, environmentally, you, know, you haven't ran an Ironman in a long time, you have COVID or whatever, maybe your people aren't working, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. How are you continuing to reinforce that message? Yeah, well, um, first of all, I owe my heart and soul to my brother and co-founder, Matt Corker. Um, He has been more of an optimist than I could ever have imagined. And it's impossible to show up. I mean, first of all, let's acknowledge that gravity is real. So it is way easier to fall with gravity right now. And it is not hard to succumb to the lowest common denominator of any conversation or situation. Yes. And I look to someone like Matt Corker who says every morning we're going to pivot, not quit. 
We're going to pivot, not quit. We're going to pivot, not quit. And that's for absolutely everything. How do we work? How do we hire? How do we deliver? How do you want to sweat today? And so it can feel monotonous. It can feel repetitive. And just, I mean, record that. Pivot, don't quit. Pivot, don't quit. Pivot, don't quit. And then I started to learn how to play a drum. And then I drum. Pivot, don't quit. (laughs) Pivot, don't quit. It's we need to remind ourselves of that constantly. And um, I guess I'm grateful. I'm honored that you see me as a positive human. And again, I just come back. Keep dreaming. The alternative is terrible. So, yeah. Totally. I totally get it. it. That's it. So now we're in the situation and I look at you as someone who has unlocked the human or unlocks humans for a living almost. Now in this time, what would be your words of encouragement for people that are in a slump, not thinking negatively cooped Mm -hmm. up inside? Um, How do we unlock ourselves, our own potential now in these times? Is it different from what it was before or what's the contrast here? Oh gosh. I have an amazing therapist. I mean, I have several, one of my favorite therapists. I like to come to her and say, I feel so effed up. And she says, Oh, you're having such a beautiful human experience. And I love it. And I love it. And unfortunately she has to remind me of this often and that's okay. Because I think that when we think that our world is falling apart, when we think that these things are are negative, when we feel all of the, like I said, very legitimate feelings, we get to pause and say, I'm a human. Like my heart is feeling things right now. It's totally okay to feel how we feel. And, um, you know, it's kind of you at the world of unlocking humans to me, I mean, my vocation has been to, to recruit and to place amazing humans with amazing leaders and, Um, I'm so grateful that we've built a business around it, but I would do it for free because it brings me so much joy. And the the easiest way to create those partnerships is to recognize the human in the person. And that means the good and the bad and the ugly and the beautiful every single time. And so I just think right now the secret is to not be perfect. The secret is that we don't let our hearts get cold and we don't lock them up. The secret is that you're not alone. Um, but the biggest secret is that we're incredibly permeable right now. So be careful who you're letting penetrate your membranes. Um, electrons, baby, electrons. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love it. I totally love it. So I want to pivot a little bit, go a little bit more towards uh, toward business here as we start to wrap up here. But I, I really wanted to ask you, um, because we're because of the nature of your work and because of the nature of the world right now, we used to talk about this thing called connection and connectivity in this way that was, um, you know, very positive and it was, it was the way of the future, right? Um, whether it was Zoom calls or virtual meetings or whatever it may be, and where this, you know, Slack was coming into prominence, all these different types of things. And I wanted to know what your take was on the state of connectivity in this new world and mm. you know if we should be prepared to go fully remote how do you think the workforce is going to go it's going to change and i just threw a bunch of questions at you but i wanted to keep it open as open-ended as possible yeah so the world has changed it won't ever go back to how it once was and we have learned how to adapt faster than ever before and we have just demonstrated that it's totally possible 
period. Nice. Um, <laughs> knowing that, uh, I think that there's a real thing called screen fatigue and we're not used to dealing with all humans only through a screen. So I think that may or may not shift, but it is our responsibility to be mindful that, you know, we can only handle so long on a screen or behind a screen before we need something to shift. Um, and yet on the flip side, once we figure out what that flow is, um, I mean, I think business has changed. Um, offices as we know it might not ever be those offices ever again. And so, you know, like light a night, light a nice candle at home because you're going to be working there for a while. <laughs> um, yeah. And I think it's really important to, I think it's actually a lot easier to work a lot harder when we're not going into an office and we're not seeing people. And so I think now more than ever, be it your physical health, your mental health is incredibly important because it is, it's all on you. And when you're bored, you can just sit back in the same spot known as your office and stare at a screen. And so um, it's almost like our screen hygiene needs right. to be managed more than ever. Right. Um, and I think that it's showing us that we can totally be connected. We can have dinners over zoom and we can have conversations. I'm interested to know the impact. I don't know the answer, but the impact, the lack of physical touch. I just want to give someone a high five or a hug. And right okay. now, you know, it's like two meters and don't come too close. And I totally get it. I just humans and touching. So do you think, Let's get the hot take. After this is all over, do you think we're going to go radically towards just, hey, everyone, come here. I just missed you so much. Or are we going to go, hey, mm. listen, man, I don't know what you're carrying over there. How do you think the paradigm's going to shift? Oh, I don't think there's any strangers giving high fives. No. No. I also Damn. wonder if, like, cash is going to be dead. Like, have we just actually moved to a plastic society where we will no longer exchange cash and coins? I wonder about that. Right. Um. Yeah, no, I, I unfortunately don't think we're going to be nearly as close to strangers as we once were. I know, which is very, very sad. And I mean, obviously, um, what, one year from now and one decade from now are completely different. And this is actually totally. a flash in a moment of time. Like, we need to keep context on this. Um, but yeah, like, to your point about a cashless society, uh, yeah, the, the thing about that is... Um, we cash becomes numbers and we have no idea what value is anymore. Seriously. Um, and especially, I mean, I mean, for being adults, that's one thing, but let's talk about kids for oh a second. Gosh. Right. I mean, we, 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 we grew up being like, Oh my gosh, look at this $5 bill. Like I've got it. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and that, and, and now whether we want to admit it or not, that, that affected our psyche in certain ways. And we understood mm -hmm. the value of money kids these days. I don't know if they will have the value for the understand the value mm -hmm. of money and, now parents that have all this, the more exposure to their kids now, how do they start to like actually implement those values and, and start to understand and develop that relationship? I don't know, mm -hmm. but I think it's going to be a serious problem and we're going to see this play out over mm -hmm. a decade and yeah. the behavior of this generation. Just thought. Yeah. No, totally. Um, we got to wrap up here, but I had a couple quick rapid fire questions for you that uh, we reached out over Instagram and we got a ton of responses. Everyone wants to know about Steph Corker. And uh, I said, yo, go check out her podcast. Um, <laughs> of course, she, she drops a ton of gems there. But I have a couple quick questions for you just to wrap up here. And we'll start it off with um, how do you get sponsorships for your Ironman races, race after race? 
Mm. So I was lucky as an amateur athlete to form relationships with some really special brands and they, um, for context, at least in the world of triathlon, and it has shifted dramatically, absolutely. Um, but it, you're never sponsored for only one race. So I would have been sponsored for a year or a season. And um, it's frankly been no different than running a business. It's been about relationships and it's been about what can I give to them in the same way. So um, it was it was certainly a moment in time where there weren't as many female athletes. Um, there weren't as many female amateurs. I was lucky for several years to be one of the few Canadian females as an amateur racing, going to the big island in Hawaii for the world championships. Um, and that just opened some doors that, yeah, I, I look back, I'm forever grateful. So I wish there was a secret. I wish I could tell you there's not every relationship, every sponsorship has been very different. Um, and I think sponsorship on the other side of COVID is going to be very different because marketing teams yeah. are getting slashed. So it's never been more important to honor relationships and be flexible because they'll all change. Amazing. As a professional athlete, how obsessive do you have to be around your macro nutrients? And do you, how obsessive are you around that? I'm obsessed with a lot of things in life and calculating my macros is not at the top of my list at all. Wow. So full disclosure, I, um, yeah, I, I could riff on food for a long time. I've tried a lot of things and I've gone to therapy for a lot. And what I say is eat what, keep it super personal and eat what your body needs to do what your body loves to do. Amazing. As a consultant, how do you brand yourself? That's another loaded question. And, um, so I started this business six years ago and I reached out to Kate Wharton who runs a creative design studio in Toronto. And I said, I'm going to start a business. What do I do? Uh, and I worked through a really cool process with her to define a brand. And because I was starting this, it needed to match who I was as a person. I was starting this with hopes and dreams of, of racing many more triathlons at the time. So um, I wanted it to be congruent and, and I didn't want to be managing, um, different personas. I wanted the same person that was emailing you as a client or that was DMing you on Instagram, or that was going to meet you on the sidewalk to feel the same way. So I don't have business speak and athlete speak and Steph Corker speak. I'm just Steph and yeah. you're going to hear the same tone and you'll get the same emojis and too many exclamation marks in every email that I write. <laughs> and that's called human. And if you don't like it, we're not meant to talk. And that's cool. Yeah. So um, for me, it was, it was um, en enlisting someone who was better at this than I was, getting super clear on my values and my message and why I wanted to even show up in the world in this way, and then being obsessed about it. And as consistent as possible. And when, when you have filters, be it values or whatever works for you in your life, um, I think it's really easy and it's a lot of fun. And you can count on me for all of the great things that you can count on me for. And they're the same things that will make you roll your eyes or people will get right. upset with. They're the same things that people don't like me for. And I'm so okay with that. You, it's, you don't have to like me. <laughs> <laughs> 
I love it. And we'll, we'll close it up in true Corker Co. fashion. Steph, what is making your heart beat faster? Oh, I love it. What is making my heart beat faster is, um, if I'm really honest, I, COVID is solidifying my desire to get a puppy. So I am currently obsessed with um, dogs in, in Northern British Columbia mating and hoping that I hear about one of them getting pregnant so that I can plan for a puppy on the other side of COVID. <laughs> Heck yeah. What, so what, 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 what type? What, what breed? Well, I'm currently obsessed with the Bernadoodle, a Bernese mountain <laughs> dog doodle. And I hope that he will arrive in the fall. Amazing. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Steph, for coming on. I really appreciate your time. Where would you like to direct people to get in contact with you or consume all that you are as a human? Where can um, we send them? Thank you for asking. Um, I am on the gram at Steph underscore Corker or all things Corker Co. Um, on the gram at the Corker Co. or the Corker Collective dot com. Um, I guess the internet, you can Google me. Everything on there is true, whether I like it or not. <laughs> Except for the, you need to update that you've done 25 Ironmans. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I need to update a website. It just feels so 2017. So if anybody know, on here ridiculous. likes to update Squarespace, let me know and I'll hire you. Awesome. There you go. Cool. Well, thank you so much for your time. Stay home, stay healthy, and we can't wait to uh, see you back out there racing and competing and doing everything that you do. Thank you so much for your time. The feeling is so mutual. What we need now is people to create. Thank you for creating. Thank you. Ciao. Don't you just want to be a better person after listening to that podcast? I know I do. Steph, uh, you're the best. Thank you so much for coming on. Positive, uplifting spirit. Damn. I love it. Uh, movement challenge. Guys, go check that out on Instagram. Go check out the website. They got free um, or they, they have all these different streaming, yoga, hip hop, dance, and then they got the 30 day movement challenge as well. It's, it's, a, it's a beautiful community, I'm not gonna lie. I'm seeing everyone post on Instagram constantly. Um, and you know, there's 500, 1,000 people signed up from Vancouver supporting local trainers, which is awesome. Yeah, super great. Human Capital Consulting, who would have even thought of it that way? Honestly, I mean, what a, what a good spin on self-help and, and HR and recruitment. Um, I love how they make these things sound and how they frame them, the context in which they put, you know, um, making ourselves better in. So, Steph, amazing. Uh, go check out her podcast and all that. On top of that, make sure you go check out Self Hire and everything they're doing, up, doing over there, uh, from the podcast game to the, to the original content, to the branded content, anything content wise they got you and remote no problem guys are fully remote right now so thank you guys for making this possible for me i really really appreciate you much love um and until next time guys make sure go hop on face facebook and we have a little uh, actual community a little group there holler at me i'll let you in discussions topics all different types of things it's awesome just search think space podcast until next time lots of love <laughs>